Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 13th chapter. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from the world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash, except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was about to betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. My sermon begins with a quote. Thy hand, Belinda, darkness shades me, On thy bosom let me rest. More I would, but death invades me. Death 
is now a welcome guest. When I am laid in earth, may my wrongs create no trouble in thy breast. Remember me, but ah, forget my fate. So sings Dido in her lament as she dies in Purcell's Dido and Aeneas. This was my dear friend Page's favorite opera. And believe it or not, these were his actual final words that he whispered to me right before he died. I knew Page when I was a pastor in Calamus. He was the director of music at St. Anne's Catholic Church down the road in Long Grove. He spent half of his time in Manhattan, where his partner John was a fashion designer on Park Avenue. Page had had cancer 10 years prior, and when it returned, he called me and asked me to kindly usher him into death, as he put it. I vehemently protested, insisting that I would not be able to preach at the funeral of a friend so dear to me. But I finally relented, as everyone did when Paige insisted on something. And so, nine years ago, this very week, on a beautiful spring afternoon, just like today, John and I drove to a country road just outside Calamus and scattered Paige's ashes in the Wapsipinicon River. It was Paige's whispered words, remember me, that linger in my mind even after nine years. Remember him indeed. I will remember him until the day I die for so many things, including our trips to the opera, our mutual contempt for bad grammar, our love for cooking, our fascination with Renoir, our shared love for Amsterdam, and so much more. We disagreed over just one thing, and that was he loved cats and owned one named Ladora, named after the tiny town in Iowa, which he loved for no particular reason. Remember him, indeed. I still remember you, Paige, and always will, with much love and much affection. Jesus is eating his last meal with his best friends. He has only hours left among the living. What stands between him and the release of death is betrayal, arrest, denial, trial, and torture. He looks around his table where his closest friends have gathered, and he knows this is the last time they will ever be all together again. He also knows that once he's died, things will be hellish for them. They will be hunted, persecuted, imprisoned, and executed, all because of their association with and devotion to him. Jesus urges his friends to remember him. He commands them to remember him. He begs them. 
to remember him. Do not only remember my fate, he says, but also remember my life and all of the things we did together and all of the things we stood for. Remember me. I bless the poor, the grieving, the meek, the hungry, the thirsty, the merciful, the peacemakers. Remember me. I require mercy, not sacrifice. Remember me. I despise hypocrisy, false piety, and judgment. Remember me. I make the lame walk and give sight to the blind. Remember me. I touch the sick and I embrace those who live under mental assault. Remember me. I eat with sinners. Remember me. I give the dead their breath again. Remember me. I am not what you expected, but I am the one you've been waiting for. Remember me. I take your burdens onto my shoulders and give you my rest. Remember me. I teach you in stories, and I welcome your children onto my lap. Remember me. I feed the crowds. I walk on water. I calm your storms. Remember me. I seek out the lost sheep, and I love it ferociously. Remember me. I forgive without condition. I love without limit, and I empower you to do the same. Remember me. I rejoice when you wave palm branches at me, but I know you will turn on me. Remember me. I command you to love others as I have loved you. Remember me. I condemn the self-righteous and those who cause others to stumble. Remember me. I weep over Jerusalem and her bloodshed, generation after generation. Remember me. I eat with you and drink with you this one last time. Remember me. I kneel before you and wash your feet, and I am God. Remember me. I love you when you betray me. I forgive you when you deny me. Remember me. I bow my head when you demand my crucifixion. Remember me. I am consumed by humiliation and pain as my body breaks for you. Remember me. I give you my flesh and my blood. For I no longer need these things. Remember me. I shudder. I cry out. I gasp. I die for you. Remember me. Remember you, Jesus. Oh, yes, we remember you. We remember not only your death, but your life, what you stood for, whom you included, whom you embraced. Yes, Jesus, we remember your radical mercy, your infinite patience, your unending love. We remember how you raged through the temple and swept through the countryside with your message of a new kind of love. Remember you. Yes, Jesus, we remember you. But then what about us? You and me, how 
Will you be remembered after you have died? What will be your legacy on this earth? Will it be piles of wealth, the pursuit of money, the accrual of things, or will it be how you treated others, your kindness, your compassion, your love? It is said that life is lived within the dash, that dash on the gravestone between your birth date and your death date. How will your life be lived within that dash? Tony Campolo puts it this way, will your legacy be titles or testimonies? It's a good question. It's a Lenten question. It's a question to ponder as we walk through these next very holy days, as we follow in the very footsteps of the one who not only died for us, but also lived for us. The life that Jesus lived between his date of birth and his date of death is every bit as astonishing as the empty tomb on Easter Sunday. The dash of Jesus' life is miraculous in and of itself. Had his life been ordinary, he wouldn't have upset so many people so very often. Luther says that before we understand Jesus as moral example, we must first receive Jesus as gift. When we grasp the reality that Jesus comes from God and is God, then we can break open his life and learn from him about how to live our lives in the dash, how to model after him in living holy lives, which does not mean the same thing as living perfect lives. We follow in the footsteps of Jesus, the God and Jesus, the man. Jesus, the Savior, transcends this world. Jesus, the man, lives in it. Jesus makes all things new by ushering in a new kingdom that is altogether unlike our earthly kingdoms in that the kingdom of God really truly welcomes all people. In this way, Jesus changes everything. Jesus changes everything. Trump doesn't change everything. Putin doesn't change everything. No world leader can change everything because they do not have the capacity or the ability to affect salvation. They might decide who's in and who's out in their small earthly kingdoms, but not when it comes to the kingdom of God. Earthly reigns cannot compare at all to the reign of God. And we who follow Jesus are agents of change, just as he was. Through brilliant and beautiful acts of subversion and resistance to the social and political norms that seek to exclude and judge and harm We receive Jesus as gift. And then we live our lives as he did, for the sake of others, a self-emptying love. Yes, Jesus, we remember you, God and man. It's not just the name that is remembered after death. The name Paige, or the name Jesus, the names of your beloved whom you grieve your name, my name, after we die. It is all that stands behind the name. It is all the things that bear that name up. It's not just the name Paige that I remember so fondly. It's his gentleness. It's his amazement at things like leaves falling from trees. His appreciation for the perfect glass of Cabernet. It's not just the name of Jesus that we remember, not just that name so casually spoken in our creeds and hymns and such, but it is that which he stood for, the things he embodied, the realities that he transforms, that this God 
man humbly kneels before us and washes our feet. That he loves us even when we betray and deny him. That he forgives everything. That he dies for everyone. Yes, Jesus, we remember you. We worship you. We exalt you. Help us also live lives that are worthy of remembrance. Amen.